Well, this morning I want to begin a new series for the month of May, and this series is called Mentoring. You know, we've, we've had a prophetic calendar that we put out at the beginning of the year, uh, put together by our prophetic teams uh, in our prophetic ministries, as well as our ministerial staff. And as we prayed together, we felt these themes coming forth to the church. And I don't know about you, but how many of you have seen the theme of unity, the theme of better together everywhere you go? How many of you noticed that on the National Day of Prayer this Thursday, that was the theme? So I believe we're walking in step with the Holy Spirit. And in doing that, we feel that it is a season now to introduce and reintroduce to us as a congregation the necessity of mentoring. The necessity of mentoring. And so this morning, I want to bring that to you. And I want to do that through a great story concerning Paul and Titus. And uh, for some reason, this clicker is not clicking. So if you will make that happen. Amen. So the thing we see with Paul and Titus is this, is that Paul had groomed Titus into a disciple of his and into a leader. And so I want to define for you this morning as we begin what mentoring means. And mentoring is this, a relational experience where one person empowers another by sharing God-given resources. The goal is spiritual reproduction. So mentoring is personally uh, speaking into somebody's life what God's given you and helping them receive and grow in their uh, salvation and in their discipleship. And the goal is spiritual reproduction. Say that with me, spiritual reproduction. That means being fruitful. This is not an option to the Christian walk. This is a necessity. Jesus said that his goal for us was to be fruitful and to bear fruit that lasts. Somebody tell me, what is the fruit that the kingdom of God is supposed to bring, is supposed to bear? Paul said, you can't take it with you. The only thing I can bring is you. When he was speaking to the churches, he said, my glory is you. And so what is fruitfulness to the Christian is how many people we can influence in the love of Christ. And so this is a necessity, not an option. This is not something that someday we'll get to. The minute you are born again, you have something that an unsaved person doesn't have. A relationship with Jesus. You're already a step ahead. You can start mentoring right there. And there might be other people smarter than you. Well, then you join yourself to them and groom and learn from them as well. You need to surround yourself with mentoring relationships. And over this month, we're going to talk about that. And you're going to all be surprised how God has sent mentors into your life that you've not even realized have been mentoring you. That all through these years, now they may not last your whole life long. It may be a season that you have a mentor or that you're mentoring someone else. But the process bears fruit. Say it with me. Bears fruit. I'm having you repeat it so this gets into your head. So Christianity must bear fruit, and the fruit that must be born is discipleship, is mentoring. Amen? And there's a great illustration of this through Paul and Titus. We see that uh, in Titus uh, chapter 1, verse 4, Paul calls Titus his true son. 
And so in Galatians, we see that the chapter 2 of Galatians, Paul is reiterating his biography of getting saved and where he went. And he went back to Sicily, uh, uh, Cilicia, and he was there for 14 years. And he says from there he went back to Jerusalem and he took Titus with him. So somewhere in those 14 years before he began his missionary journeys, he had mentored a young man named Titus. He was a Gentile. And uh, he, he said that uh, Titus didn't need to be circumcised, and he was already beginning to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. And so Titus is one of those first fruits of Paul to the Gentiles. Do you remember the church was like, didn't totally get this right away. They thought this was just the extension and fulfillment of Judaism. And so, I mean, Peter's having his experiences over at, at, at Cornelius' Italian restaurant where they're, they're talking, okay, he was a soldier, but anyways, uh, you know, he's hanging out there and here's a bunch of Italians getting saved and Peter's going, ah, you know. So for Paul, it's happening over in Cilicia and, and it's with Titus, this young man, and, and he's teaching him and he begins to mentor him. And he calls him his true son. Later in the book of Corinthians, it's interesting, he calls him his brother. Later, he calls him his partner and fellow worker. And when we get to the place where he's writing to Titus a letter, he's calling him to be an apostle over calling elders to the church in, in Crete. And so you see the transformation, don't you, from, a, from being a son to being full-fledged and released as a father. This is our goal. And as Titus is fathering, he's mentoring, and that's what we call fruitfulness. Have any of you been able to encourage someone and someone comes to you for help? Anybody, anybody have anybody that comes to them and asks them? All right, you're mentoring. You're mentoring. We're going to give this. Now, what would happen if we began to do this in a much more intentional way? I think we'd have a lot of fruit. And we'd be bearing a lot of fruit. Amen? And so we're going to look at this through the book of Titus. And uh, Paul says this in Titus chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. He calls him my true son. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Titus. We're going to go through it thematically. Uh, not verse by verse, but by the themes. And he says this to Titus as he's writing him the letter. He says, hey Titus, this is why I left you in Crete so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So I find that fascinating. First of all, uh, if you read Titus, it's a very short book, very quick to read, and you'll see that the Cretes were maybe not uh, a pleasant people. And... Paul had enough mentoring into Titus that he could trust Titus to handle this church and to handle that situation. He had put enough of himself in him, had mentored him enough to cut him loose because he knew Titus knew how to pick leadership. Now, where would Titus, hmm, where would Titus get to a place to understand what would be a good leader to leave over the church? Where would he get that idea from? Paul, his training with Paul. He, he began to understand what Paul was saying. Now, Paul's going to reiterate some of his, his teaching here. 
And, and so he goes on. So the first thing he's supposed to do in Titus, I told you to turn to Titus, didn't I? Okay. All right, so the first thing he does, verse 5, he says, I left you in Crete so that you might uh, put what remained in order. So we've got a church here. We've got the fledgling beginning of a church, but how many of you know it needs order? It needs leadership so that it can bear fruit. And what's the fruit that they could bear? More Christians being saved and mentored. That's what discipleship is. And so he says this, I want you to appoint elders in every town. So, he then lists the qualification of an elder. So the first thing that he tells Titus to do is move in leadership. He did the same principle to Timothy, who he mentored. And when he wrote to Timothy, he said this, What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is leadership. This is mentoring. Anybody here have children? Children. <laughs> the look on some of your faces is, yes, unfortunately I do. <laughs> Parenting is mentoring, right? You've tried to give to your children what you learned, good or bad. Avoid this, right? Do this. And you try to impart, impartation. That's what Christ did to us. He's imparting unto us. What he imparts unto us, we then impart to others. And the, the key that he told Timothy and that he also is telling Titus is pick leaders. Find faithful people. So one of the key things in mentoring is you can't mentor someone who doesn't want to be mentored. Right? And you ran into this with some of your children. Am I right? Hopefully they'll come back around at age 30 or 40 and say, oh, I remember when you tried to teach me this. Yes. Anyways. But you can't mentor anybody, can you? Have, have you ever had that situation where you've tried to instruct someone, they don't want to listen, they don't want to follow, okay? So what you want to do is find faithful people who are hungry to receive so that this thing's going to work. Right? You can't uh, coerce someone into receiving from you. That just doesn't work. People walk away. And so you have to find people you can entrust, faithful, that you'll be able to teach. Some people are not teachable. So that's another aspect. Number one, they need to want to be mentored. And number two, they need to be teachable. So if they say, yeah, I want to be mentored, and they do show up to meet with you, and they do connect with you, but every time you try to instruct them, they don't listen, at some point, you're just spinning your wheels, and you tell them, I'll catch you when you're wanting to learn. Is this okay? Is this fair? Now, uh, family dynamics is different. We're talking about the kingdom of God, though. And so we want to find people that will receive mentoring, and that's what Titus did. So the first chapter of Titus is about leadership. Is about finding people that want to be mentored, that want to be taught. In Titus chapter 2, verse 1, he says this, As for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. So now he's saying you're going to teach them. He said, find leaders that want to be mentored, that want to lead. 
I'm believing you're here today on Sunday morning because you need to be a leader in your life, over your family, at work, in your situations. You're here because you want to be mentored, and I'm here to teach you sound doctrine so that you may mentor others and learn how to use the Word of God and study the Word of God so that you can be equipped as a leader to help mentor others. That's what I'm believing for, and that's what Paul did with Titus. And so now he says to Titus, you learn sound doctrine and you impart it. And look, continue further on chapter 2, and he says this. He says, older men, elderly men, presbyters, men, he says, they should be sober-minded. You go down to verse 3, he says, older women. And then he tells the qualities of older women, those who are mentoring and want to be mentored. And then in verse 4, he says, so that they can teach the younger women. And he goes on down further, likewise, they can urge younger men. So what is this a process of mentoring? Paul is telling him, find leaders that want to be mentored, that want to show up, teach them because they're teachable. Take the elder ones and have them teach the younger ones. Elder men should be teaching younger men. Elder women should be teaching younger women. Now, I've got to ask you the question, is that happening in your life? Now, some of you are say, well, I'm not young and I'm not old. I'm, <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> Guess we have to define by age what is young and what is old. So most of the time your doctor tells you that. How many of you ever had that experience? I remember when I turned 30 and he called me middle-aged and I thought, what, the, what are you talking about? still think I'm just middle-aged now. <laughs> Anyways, let's not play semantics with this. This also can mean in the faith. You can be 17 and have been saved for 10 years, and there's some people that, that don't know anything about Jesus, and you're the older brother to some younger brothers. So young people don't think, well, I'm waiting for someone to mentor me. And may I make a point? I'll be, re I'll be repeating myself quite often over the month. One of the key things about mentors and mentees is we've got to get this right. Many times mentees, people who want to be mentored, think that the mentor should find them and call them regularly. You've got it backwards. If you want to be mentored, you need to find a mentor and pursue them, right? How many of your instructors at school called you every day? Right? When you went to college, you expected, you didn't show up to the first day of class because you expected the professor to call you and invite you. You pursue. And that's what he's saying. Find leaders. And leaders want to lead. And so they want to be mentored. So maybe some of you need to be mentored, want to be mentored. You've got to show yourself eager to be mentored. And you pursue, you call, you, you, you seek them. And so the olders, now, now, now some of you who are, how many of you have kids that have been raised, they've grown up and they're on their own? Anybody here like that? Okay, there are some young moms here that are going through a lot of difficult phases and stages right now and it's scary and some of them don't have moms to ask. But you're here, find them, and some of you young folks, find some older folks and say, could you help me? I have some questions. There's young men here that are struggling through things that the older men have been through. 
some men are, are shifting and moving. And you'll say, yeah, but they can't relate to me because it's a different world than what they lived in. Yeah, but some of the foundational issues are still there, folks. Right? And so the key to mentoring is that we find those who want to be mentored, those who are in leadership, and we teach them. And when you look through here and he lists what you're to teach them, there are issues of this, character, speech, how we speak to one another, work ethic. He's talking about marriage relationships, friendship relationships. He's talking about honor. He's talking about integrity and how to be good and how to be kind. These all are the bearing out of the fruit of the Spirit. And people need that edification, exhortation, and comfort drawn out of them. Many times mentoring is simply building up what's within the person because we're all insecure. And we just need someone to be our cheerleader. We need someone to listen to us and encourage us. How many of you could use encouragement? And so this is what Paul's saying to do in Crete for Titus. Find those leaders that will do this, that will speak over the older women and and younger women and older men and younger men and begin to mentor each other. That's what a church is. People relating to each other. What's happened in the Western church is we've, we've thought the church is just a scheduled thing on a Sunday. We come put in our, our seat and our dime and we walk out. And we think we've done a duty of something. That's not the church. The church is us. The church is what we do. We gather together to worship God and celebrate Him and get comfort and relief. But it's because daily we're mentoring each other, relating to each other, connecting to each other. How many of you have a job here? Anybody got a job? Okay. There are people around you at your job that need to be mentored. They're hungry. And I want to tell you, now this is going to sound like it's bragging, but if you're coming to Christ Community Church, you are being well-fed, well-taught, well-groomed in leadership and in the Word of God. And there are many people out there that go to churches that don't do that, and they need somebody to mentor them in the faith. They hear you pray and they go, how, how, how did you learn to pray like that? And you can mentor them in prayer. And so this is what Titus was called to do. Now we go on into chapter 3, and it starts like this. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, obedient to do every good work. And he goes on and he explains to them what they're to remember. A good mentor reminds the mentee, the student, what he knows. We've gone over this before. You know this. Don't forget these things. Remember who your Lord is. How many of you need to be reminded that Jesus is Lord every now and then? Not your circumstances, but Jesus, right? How many of you need that kind of, right? We need to hear from each other. Mentoring takes all sorts of different shapes in all different ways. Sometimes we're mentored simply by someone who speaks edification to us. To remind us of who we've been called to be. I need that from time to time. I need someone to tell me, you know what, hang in there. You need to continue. You need to remember what God has called you to. And then he goes on in the end of chapter 3 and he warns them. 
He warns them, avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law, some, that which is unprofitable, that which is worthless. So he's avoiding them, so what he's doing is warning them. So mentoring and what Paul teaches in Titus is for him to establish leadership so that there can be mentoring in the body of Christ between the old and the young and all the people to lead them, to teach them, to remind them, and to warn them. That is mentoring. Can you do these four things? Can any of you do these things? Amen. You can do this. And you must in order to bear fruit. We must bear fruit for the Lord. So I've got to ask you, if you would take a minute through this sermon and you would ask, who can I lead? Who needs to lead? And, and uh, someone reminded me a while back, and see, I love that. I was mentored by someone who was reminding me in conversation that, you know, you only need to be one step ahead of the person you're leading. You say, I don't have a degree. I didn't go. And, and, and they've been in church so much longer than me, of course, but they've got real problems. You know what? You went through that problem that they're entering into. Just lead them. Just walk with them. They're ready to make a bad decision. You warn them. Please don't do that. I did the same thing. All right? This mentoring is not about intelligence. It's not about spiritual power. It's about caring. It's about watering. I mean, really, how smart do you have to be to water your plants? Well, I've killed basically every plant in my office. (laughs) I had plastic plants. But there's no plastic people. But some people you just need to water, you know? Some people are, are, are slipping and you just have to grab hold of them. This is mentoring. Begin to develop an attitude of mentorship, which is discipleship, which is bearing the fruit. If Christ is putting the fruit of the Spirit in you, that fruit has seed that is to bear more fruit to others. And so we're to lead, teach, remind, and warn people and to do it in the love of God. And we are all capable of this and it is necessary. And that's the story of Titus. It's very simple. Let me give you some very basic ideas of what mentoring does. When you lead, when you teach, when you remind, when you warn, what you're doing is you're acting as a guide. A guide is someone who says, follow me on this path. Paul said that when he wrote uh, his epistles and he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Can you do that for someone? Now, you may, you may make some mistakes along the way. Is there anybody here that's ever experienced making a mistake? Anybody here? Anybody here? Okay. So if you follow me, be careful. I'm warning you right now. I make a lot of mistakes. I, thank you. <laughs> Been mentoring that man many years. I don't even have to look. I know the voice. No, look at, but I mean, let's be honest with each other. We can't pretend. When you're mentoring with people, it's a heart-to-heart issue. It's a reality issue. It's not about, you know, look at me. 
you know. It's let's, let's walk this together. And so a guide leads. That, I'm trying to break this down into real simplicity because we, many ha, have stayed away from mentoring because, again, we don't think we're qualified. The only qualification is that you're, you, you've been there and done that. I've got the T-shirt. So come on. So a guide can lead. Again, how many young people... Oh my goodness, uh, can I please, please get, give you a burden for our young people? College age is horrendous. How many of you remember college, right? You couldn't figure your way out of a paper bag. You made it this far, thank God you're still alive, so you can have something to say. And I'm not kidding. But I remember, you know, remember they used to ask you, so what do you want to do? What do you want to be? You mean for the rest of my life I have to make that decision now? I can't even decide what I want for lunch, and I have to decide what I'm going to have and be for the rest of my life. And how many of you know it doesn't work that way anymore? You can't get a job at GM 30 and out. How many of you know that? You can't get a job that's going to last more than 10 years because the industry changes, shifts, and and. And economic changes, at least here in Michigan, they're even worse than any other state, right? Kids at school, and they're going to school, and their debt is being astronomical. They're getting out of school with a degree, and they owe, you know, $70,000, $80,000, and they enter into an entry-level job. Can anybody here guide them? Help them. But again, young people, you've got to be willing to be led. Grab my hand. Nope, I can do it myself. Please. <laughs> I'll go find someone who will grab my hand. I mean, you gotta. Let's find the people who want the help and let's help them. So that's what a guide does. How many of you could be a coach? How many of you hated your junior high coach? I went out for football one time in my life. I'm a musician and an artist, okay? It may not sound like it, but I try. I went to art school. So I went, I went out for football when you're <laughs> in junior high. I, I knew nothing about football. And, and so I went out there. They had the, the summer workouts. How many of you? I forget. Power workouts, right? You start in the summer. I quit after a week. I had a pool. Why, why would I? The locker room smelled horrible, and I got really sweaty. And I thought, what do I need to do this for? So I quit. But I had other coaches. So I had art teachers that were coaches. I had people in my life that coached me. My sixth grade teacher, for some reason, took an interest in me. You know, when I graduated from high school, he came up to me at my graduation and gave me a gift. It was a Webster's Dictionary. I still have it today. And he said, I've been watching you throughout your career in high school. He said, and he wrote me notes of different things I had done. I thought, what? I was one of how many kids that you educated? But he coached me through life. Coaches challenge people. And how many of you know we need someone who sees our potential and calls it out? Because we don't see it, right? And, and we, how often do we want to quit 
And how often we want to quit too soon, like my junior high football experience. If I had a coach that it was said, you know, you can't tackle on the offensive line. You can't do that. I would tackle people, and I'm supposed to just hold them back, but I'd take them down. I said, you can't do that. Well, no one taught me. No one told me. You're going to be a tight end. I don't know what that means. You're supposed to line up here. I don't know what that means. No one told me, you know, and I was just... No one saw my pro-professional football career. (laughs) It went by the wayside because no one called it out of me. But you see what will happen is you'll, you'll, you'll go towards what you are being complimented on, right? You go towards where you get the attaboys. Shouldn't the church be giving attaboys to people who are struggling in their spirituality? That needs someone who will say, come on, you can do this. That's the Holy Spirit calling that out in you. Yeah, but I messed up royalty. Do you see what I did? He goes, yeah, I did that too. But you can recover. You need to coach them past those things. That's what a coach does. This is what mentoring is. It's leading. It's coaching. It's listening. Mentoring is listening more than anything else. Without judgment. Let the people talk. A good mentor does more listening than counseling on what you should do. You can't tell them what to do if you don't know what's in their heart and call out what their hurt is. So much of mentoring is so close to what is prophetic. Edify, exhort, comfort. Now how are you going to edify and exhort and comfort if, if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit and listening to what someone's saying? so that it can activate the wisdom from the Holy Spirit. So a mentor listens to people. How many of you remember what a front porch was? Yeah, people used to have front porches. (laughs) You were working on yours yesterday, I saw it. Nobody sits on their front porch anymore. Everybody stays inside. Or goes to a coffee shop. That's good too, coffee shops are good. But it used to be, there used to be a time where people would sit around and people would come on over and they would just talk, right? And, and, and this is mentoring, this is talking. And I love hearing stories from neighbors and different people and people who have gone before me, right? And, and listen to what they have to say. But what we do with old people is we put them in homes and we don't listen to them. There's a lot of knowledge here in this room that you're keeping to yourselves, people. You're keeping it to yourselves. I would pray that we would begin to seek out others. Now, I have to put this out there as a disclaimer, please. You're asking, many people come and ask me to mentor them. I can't. I can't take on any more mentors because everything I do is mentoring. I'm mentoring right now. I'm encouraging you that if you would come every Sunday and Wednesday, I will mentor and I will speak into your life routinely and regularly. But I can't meet with all of you individually. I can't do that. But I don't need to. That's why Paul told Titus to find others to do this and the older men and the older women to teach the younger. And it's a fruitful multiplication of mentoring. That's all of our responsibility. So we need to listen. How about a teacher? A teacher instructs. 
A teacher helps. A teacher says, try, try it this way. If you've been praying this, maybe we should pray that. I've listened to what you've had to say. Maybe this. I understand God is this. Well, check out this verse because I think maybe you're a little bit off on that. So the key is, can we coach? Can we guide? Can we counsel? Can we teach? Yeah, we can lead, challenge, listen, and we can instruct. You do it every day. You do it every day. Now, what will that provide for people? Mentoring provides stability. It's simply holding up what people are trying to accomplish. Hold them up. Help them get a stable footing. I I, I had an experience yesterday when someone was telling me a story about being very upset and they called their bank and they were hyperventilating. They felt they gave all their information away to somebody else and, and, and they were really upset and, and so they called for information and the lady on the other line said, you know what, we're not gonna do anything till you take a deep breath. Uh, now that, you know what, that was cool. So she went, <gasps> okay. <laughs> she said, whoa, 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 we're gonna go for four deep breaths. But do you see what this person did? Stabilized the situation. Many times you don't know what to say in a crisis. You know what I've learned? I go to a lot of crises. I have to show up in a lot of situations. And what I've learned is I don't have to say anything. I just bring the presence of Jesus and bring some stability and hold people and say it's going to be all right. Jesus is in control. He's here. He's now. And you know what? That stabilizes. How many of you have ever been through hell? Anybody? Right? Some quicker rides, some very slow, long rides. It's a biblical word. Don't get offended. Right? How many of you have been through it? How many of you have been through it enough that you might be able to, someone who's going through it for the first time, you can say, you know what? You're going to get through this. I've been there. And it brings stability. Doesn't this stuff sound important? It establishes roots. How many of you saw the windstorm just a couple days ago? There's trees all over the place, right? Uh, I was down in Florida uh, a week ago, and uh, they have palm trees. And palm trees have a very weak root system. They're not very deep at all. So, man, they go real easy. Do you know how many people today, and especially Christians, do not have much of a root system? They haven't gone deep, but you have. You've gone deep and you've established roots. You've studied the Word of God. You've prayed. You've spent time with Jesus. And you've got a root system that you can begin to water others and help them establish roots. Many, almost everybody here could be doing your own Bible study with somebody else. Everybody here could. You know enough of the word, you know where to open it up, and you know how to share the word of God with somebody. And that helps establish roots for them. You know how many stupid ideas about God are out there? Crazy ideas about Jesus and crazy ideas about God and how he answers or, or what God's like. So many people wounded and hurt out there. 
But you've got a root system that goes beyond personality and people who have wounded and hurt you. You know the Master. You know the Lord. Help them find roots in Him. Secondly, a good mentor provides investigation. Don't you love people who don't think you're stupid by asking questions? Right? I've been, I don't know how many seminars I've been to, and they go, well, this is a stupid question. And the guy says, there are no stupid questions. And they ask the question, he goes, <laughs> you know you just asked a dumb question. <laughs> there really are no stupid questions. It's just a lack of knowledge. It's trying to find out. And you don't have to rebuke someone. You don't have to go down their throat. You go, no, no, no. Well, let's investigate that thinking. Why are you thinking that? Let's investigate your thinking. Let's investigate why you're at this place you're at. Don't be threatened at it. People are caught in sin. Christians get used to sin. Please. Don't be aghast. (gasps) 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 Investigate why. What's broken? What's hurting? Why did you self-medicate with this particular sin? Let's find out why. Get in the muck and in the mire. Don't you start sinning. But what I'm saying is find out. I have something to tell you. I've gone through every gamut. You name the sin, I've heard it. And so when they tell me it's okay, well, let's find out why. You're not shocked? I just told you that I'm gay. I understand. Let's figure out. Let's investigate. What's going on? What's moving inside of you? I'm addicted to crack. I can't stop. I have a kid. I just lost my house. What am I going to do? Repent in Jesus' name. Get down, thy sinner. Oh, come on, let's investigate. What's going on? Jesus is bigger than this thing. Let's find out why you're not getting rooted in him. Let's find out what, what is that trick of the enemy that's got you bound. Because if you can't talk like that, you're not talking real with you either. So let's investigate. A good mentor will investigate. He'll give direction. We've all got GPSs. How many of you have had your GPS take you to the wrong location? You end up in a subdivision somewhere. Have you, have you found that? Because the location's like two blocks over, but you, your GPS can't zone in on it. And you're wondering why you're in the, a court. This is not the hall that I'm supposed to be at. And so, you know, we do the, our best to give direction. Sometimes we just need to know this way, that way. I don't, you know, help people have direction. Last of all, we've got to give people inspiration inspiration. Inspire people. Inspire people. You know what is the greatest inspiration you can give to someone? Your testimony. Inspire them with a testimony. You can't argue with a real life experience. In my darkest hour, God came through. God spoke to me. God changed me. Or, you know, this didn't happen to me, but my friend, they went through this and this happened to them. The reason you share a testimony is to inspire someone to faith. This is all about inspiring someone to faith. So look at a good mentor coaches, a good mentor guides, a good mentor counsels, a good mentor teaches and instructs. It brings stability, roots, and it searches and investigates. It brings direction and inspiration. Why? To be fruitful. Look at what... um, Paul says to Titus in chapter 3, verse 14, the last verse, and let our people learn to devote themselves 
to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. So the whole mentoring system he set up for that church through Titus that he in fact modeled in Titus and Titus was to model into that congregation was so that they would be fruitful. So they'd inspire and instruct and direct. All very simple things that we can do. And to close it out, this is what was said at Titus's eulogy according to church tradition. He was called the never silent trumpet of the gospel message and this is what he was finally called the exalted echo of Paul's own voice. Does that sound like mentoring to you? The exalted echo of Paul's own voice. Paul poured in to Titus. Titus poured into the church at Crete and poured into others and poured into others and poured into others. And what did he pour into them? The gospel that Jesus poured into Paul, that Paul poured into him, and he poured into others. And there is an echo of the trumpet of the gospel among us all, magnified by us being fruitful and imparting to others our faith. It's that simple. That's Christianity. Mentoring is the Christian walk. It's what we should be doing. Would you take it on this morning and say, yes, I will begin to mentor others. If you would say yes, please stand with me this morning. Thank you for standing. This isn't just to go home. This isn't to get out of here. I could keep you as long as I wanted. (laughs) This is you responding. Begin to ask Jesus, who am I already mentoring? You didn't even realize. Because you are. I'll stop. I could keep going. But you're mentoring people simply by showing up at work. Simply in your neighborhood, the way you live, you're mentoring. So you've stood saying, yes, I'm going to mentor. So begin to develop these things and begin to search who mentored you and consider those qualities. So let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you today for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that you send people into my life. You've mentored me. And even though I may have been disappointed or hurt even by some of those mentors, they they imparted unto me the fruitfulness of God. Now, use me, God, to mentor others, to speak into the life of others, and to begin relationships with people that are hungry to grow. And I will be faithful to mentor them so that I may bear fruit. If you agree with that, would you say amen this morning? Amen. Amen. Amen.